When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Body Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to another Melchester Odyssey. I have in my hand the 20th of November 1982 issue of Roy of the Rovers. It's slightly yellowed, but then you'd expect that, it's almost it's 40 years old. Um, a lovely piece of merchandise it is um i might flog these eventually when i'm a bit older once we've got through them all i might just flog them do you know what i mean pass them on to uh, someone else if any any collectors yeah if you can make a profit might want to i mean you know they've taken up a lot of space in the corner of the room are here. you in the are you in the comic flipping business <laughs> i flip oh, comics that's what i do <laughs> yeah, yeah i flip comics I it's amazing i do I, them up I do. I get them on eBay. I do them up a bit. I iron out the creases. I promote them on my <laughs> podcast, which builds interest. Right? It <laughs> stimulates the market, and then once I, exactly and then I flip doing. them for profits. I started <laughs> the, just with one copy of the Dandy. Right? Eight years ago. Right? I bought it for two pound fifty off eBay. I am now sitting on a forty million pound comic <laughs> empire. Comic just empire. from flipping. Yeah. There's so much you can do with them. I mean, you know, on the back or on the front cover where the newsagent's written on with pencil, the address it's got to be delivered to, I'd gently rub that out. It increases the value by 40%. <laughs> I've got a desk. I'm, I'm like one of them forges you see in the films. I've got a little eyepiece. I've got Jules like a lamp. Piece. I've got a, a variety of sort of surgical equipment. The lot. <laughs> I've got machinery. I can replace the staples. I can take them out, replace them with brand new, do them up. Polish them. Got it all going on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll probably sell them eventually. I'll sit and read them all. I'll take a month off and read them all from cover to cover. Actually, if you look on eBay, you can get CD-ROMs. Remember them? Well, of course you do. What, like Enter Magazine? You're the editor of Enter Magazine. Do I Magazine. remember CD-ROMs? I'm CD-ROM King of England. Yeah, of course. You can get... Uh, CD-ROMs with scans of all of the issues. I don't know if it's all of the issues, but lots and lots of the issues are Roy the Rovers. Mm. And it's about fiver. And you just stick them into your CD-ROM drive, if you have one. Of course they're, I have. They're... I've got loads of them. <laughs> I just bought a new Apple to, one recently. You used to be a CD-ROM flipper. Yeah, <laughs> used to I buy did. them, do them up and sell them. <laughs> mm. So you can do that, and then it doesn't take up all the space. Um, anyway... I digress. I digress mainly because this issue of Roy the Rovers is the whole thing takes place 
in the indoor training complex at Melchester. Yeah. So there might not be a lot else to talk about. We've had, we've had uh, stories like this before that are just set in the yeah. rather bland-looking indoor environment. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's like when there's a sitcom episode where it all takes place in one small location. Like mm. there's that episode of One Foot in the Grave where they're sitting in the car in the traffic jam. Oh, yeah. And it's where your characters, who are normally in various places, are trapped mm. in one small location for a whole episode. And there's a yeah. proper name for it in the writing industry. I can't remember what it is. But that's what this is this week. I, call, it all takes I think place. it's called um, Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah. I think it's called Sitcom Thunderdome. I think that's what it might be. Um, anyway, on it the was like cover, they did an episode with just Dot and Ethel once, didn't they? In oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. That kind of thing. There's been a few EastEnders episodes like that, I think, yeah. Mm, that's the only one I remember. Now I'm, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm, they do it once in a while when they have yeah. run out of ideas. <laughs> no, that's when they get delusions of grandeur and they think we're going to do a two-hander. It's we're go- going to produce it's a piece of It's going to be art. like Beckett. It'll be yeah, like waiting like for Godot. Godot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, I mean, of course, we said that we were going to do our own adaptation of Waiting for Godot at some point. Yeah. Do you remember saying that? Some, some people would argue that's precisely what we've been doing for the last three years. You think? This is think? Our, our description on iTunes, podcast, whatever. It should just say <laughs> <laughs> two middle-aged men sit in their respective homes at either ends of, 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 of England <laughs> in the last days of England waiting for the sweet release of death. <laughs> 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 This is a podcast about two men waiting for the sweet release of death. Fill in time. Fill in time. Before Brackets. the Reaper. Before we feel the frosty embrace of the Reaper. Brackets, formerly a football podcast. <laughs> yeah, they'll look back on this. Because I reckon, I don't know what you think. I reckon uh, the United Kingdom's, like the country's probably only got a few years left in it. It's had yeah. a great run. So yeah. we can't complain. We've had a great innings. If you think of the amount of stuff that we've achieved, mm-hmm. but now it's fucked. In it's fact, it's a historical thing, historical fact. All empires crumble. They crumble, and that's and what's happening here. We're recording this. Fuck knows when you're listening to it, but we actually happen to be recording this the day after England won the semi-final of Euro. <laughs> 21. So we're celebrating by saying this empire is about to crumble. Just on the brink of a final. No, I think it could be. And if you're listening to this in the future, perhaps you're a space alien who has found this on a CD-ROM. Everyone's listening to this in the future because this is going out. This is going out after. Apart from Nelson the cat who's outside the door listening to it live with his ear to the door. Apart from that, yeah, yeah. This is going out after the Euro 20 final, so we don't even know what the outcome Mm. of that was when when this episode drops. I'll give you my prediction. I think that when England, when and if England win, I think the whole country will sort of effectively explode and that will be it. Mm. What a way to go. Yeah. We might all die from COVID from transmitting it, like a, a mass countrywide super spreader event, which is the but final in, of the In the 2018 World Cup, we were recording an episode when we still used to get together at, um, in the studio in London, and yeah. you were down, and you were trying to make your way back to the train station to go back mm. to Sunderland, and... 
and England had just won something, one of those games in 2018 when we thought it was mm. coming home. And I think he said you're on Tottenham Court Road and everyone was just in the fucking road and the cars had come to a standstill and people were just throwing things around. Yeah. And you just shook your head and just went, fucking London. <laughs> right? <laughs> and I've woken up this morning and seen all these videos on social media of basically people going berserk. Like, a load of people climbed up. It was like Windsor Safari Park. There was loads of people just fucking climbed up on top of double-decker buses and started jumping around. Really? On double-decker buses. You can see it online. And everyone just went berserk. But does Mm. that not happen so much in the north? Like, people just going out onto the street and, and losing and just rioting? If it does... I don't think we see the footage of it. It's easy for the footage. I was going to say it's easy for the footage to be captured because it's in London, but then it's not because it's all mobile phone footage now, isn't it? Like I was watching, I can't remember what it was. It might, it might have been the uh, aftermath of one of the earlier games, and there was a report on the news, the proper news, and all it was was just people's mobile phone footage. And I thought mm-hmm. they don't actually have news gatherers anymore going out and finding things happening. They just get all this stuff off Twitter that people have just put up, or Instagram or TikTok, and they just stick it on the news, and that's the news now. So I don't know. I don't know if it happens. But I've not been out to watch an England. I game think that when you were in Tottenham Court Road that night, probably rather than it being you know traditional football fans, when you're in London, certain parts of London in particular, what you'll find is quite a lot of people who are like acting students or out of work actors or <laughs> expressionist dancers or out or bloggers or people who. You know, there's people who work in agencies and describe yeah. them their job as creatives, but in fact, what they do is they do tweets for Tesco, right? Yeah. But still, or but still think that that allows them, but still think that justifies them wearing their mm. jeans at half mast, right? Mm. They'll be like, it's them, and mm. they're just like they they see it. A lot of those folk in London, they see it as like the the bit in the kids from Fame. Right, that's what they base it on. You know, like in the yeah, kitchen room where they all run out into the street and start pirouetting on top of taxis and things like that. And doing a song. Yeah. Whereas song if you tried that, I, I sort of imagine that if you're in Sundance City Centre and you stand up and try and lob a beer in the air, which would be mm. very extravagant anyway, whereas we've just talk, talked about before, but pints cost a lot of money. So all this throwing beer in the air just doesn't make any sense to me, right? Yeah. Um, I think you'd get a pretty swift... Sit the fuck down. <laughs> Why you you sit down? What are you climbing on a car for? Sit yeah. down and stop throwing beer around. You celebrate a goal by putting your hand over your pint. To <laughs> exactly. Stay sat on your ass. That's the way to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dancing on yeah. a bus. What the fuck? But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this probably more on the Friday episode. But we've been mm. talking here about stuff that happened over a week ago. And but, but the finals happened since then, so God knows what's gone off. Yeah, this is the all a waste of time and energy. And what then. I was what I was gonna say was I believe Britain will implode within the next oh, yeah. week. Yeah. In the next week. Okay. Mm. Yeah, quite possibly. Um But wouldn't people be surprised. Will, some people will focus on what it is we have to be ashamed of as a nation and others will focus exclusively on what we have to be proud of. And I think there is a more, there is a third way, there is a more balanced view. Right. Yes, we sold them marbles off of Greece, but on the other hand, 
we, you know, we had some great TV shows and loads mm-hmm. of other great things that have been done here. So let's right. try to yeah, be balanced. Uh, rise and, we had Rise and Damp. We had The Kinks. Exactly. Um, and other things that don't spring to mind at the moment. Okay. Mr. Blobby <laughs> was invented on these shores. I mean, we should just reissue our 50 Greatest Moments of British History episodes after the... Uh, after the the final victory, if England okay. win. Okay, so number one in that, when we we'll did that last year... The, the, the Scottish bits that we put in. Wasn't it Mr Blobby walked walking through to this morning studio and just knocking loads of shit over? I was, was that not number two? I can't remember what number one was now. Oh, I know what I it was. Remember. It was Maradona's Hand of God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll what I'm saying again. is, if England win the Euros, <laughs> will, will that replace Blobby or Maradona I don't think it will I mean I hope it happens I'll be excited if it does but I don't think anything can be as good as those moments well I don't think England 1966 World Cup win got in the top 50 so there's no reason why you no, that's 2020 true. very true mm. um, anyway, unless someone gets their edition. cock out or Mr Blobby turns up and ruins the you know the, the ceremony where they present the trophy yeah if Blobby yeah. turned up he photobombs it yeah, if, if Blobby turns up with his usual fucking, you know, mayhem and antics, mm. and just sort of ruins the whole thing, that yeah. that would be that would be great. It would. Anyway, let's get on with this Roy the Rose. I know there's not much of it to cover this week, but um, we'll try our best. Uh, at the beginning, it's quite it's it's got it's got like blue boundaries around the um, the frames. And it's really and there's loads of yellow walls in this indoor. Was it called the sweat box? They called it. That might be in a it. recent edition. Something Sounds like, that, like a it? gay disco, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's re- it's a really striking piece of art. It's got the green mm. artificial pitch in there. It's got the yellow walls and the blue boundaries, and it's a really. It looks a bit like something that Factory Records might have created for an album cover, yeah. or for the it's interior of the hacienda. It feels a bit. It feels a bit Club Tropicana. Yeah. Wham. Video. But, uh, yeah. Well, let's get into it. Here we go. So in the top left-hand corner of the first frame, as always, it brings us up to speed on the story so far. And we've got... Uh, it says, Searching for new talent to replace three injured players, Roy Race had offered a trial to Andy Locke, a brilliant but temperamental youngster who clashed with some of the Melchester Rovers' apprentices later, just as Roy was discussing a benefit match for Vernon Elliott, which, of course, we said... He, he told Vernon he could organise his benefit match himself. I think that's what happens, though, isn't it? Players organise their own testimonial matches, or they used to, yeah. when testimonial matches were a thing. I'm happy for you to do it, Vernon, on one condition. Do not ask me for any help whatsoever. <laughs> I also Honestly, will not play. I'm not playing. Well, I will do I will 10 play, minutes at the end. But I have a well-established fee to play, even in testimonials. And I guarantee you... And I said the same to Blackie when he had his testimonial. I said, Blackie, I want 10 large for this, yeah? But (laughs) before you start crying and bleating about it, I guarantee you that my presence on the pitch in that game will make you that 10 large back and then some. So it is an investment. (laughs) I am helping you. Don't forget as well, there will be stadium hire, which will be through my holding company, (laughs) <laughs> Roy Race Enterprises 
Melchester Party Goods Limited. Company. <laughs> <laughs> Everything goes through that. You know, you <laughs> said the, wo- I have with Ben the, Galloway. <laughs> the walls in the sweat box are a shade of kind of bright, almost canary yellow. I've mm. just realised they're the exact same colour as Roy's hair, so his head yeah. sort of blends Blended into in. the wall in yeah. some of these boxes. He's like, yeah, I had that done on purpose when That's we deliberate. had this fixed up. I said, paint it the same colour as my hair, which, by the way. Due to a commercial deal I did with Crown Paints a couple of years back, actually is a recognised colour. It's called Roy Race. It's called Roy Race Yellow, right? And it's quite good because it's... Uh, des- and the blue on the ceiling there is the same blue as my eyes, which, again, is a registered Crown Paints colour that lots of people paint their walls with. And it's basically supposed to be a training facility that looks like my face. And what's so good about that is head. when I'm playing and training with the other lads, I sometimes blend in and become more or less invisible, which allows me to ghost in for far post headers quite easily. <laughs> uh, the course, the deal with Crown Paints is done through my holding company, Belchester Party Goods Limited. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that, that's the introduction. And Andy Locke is standing there with his hands on his hips and he's keep, keeping the ball up with his head, up and down, up and down. Um, and he says, uh, OK, man, I'm ready when you are. And Blackie says, uh, Anyway, I think Master Locke is talking to you. <laughs> so there's a little bit of tension here. Who the fuck does Andy Locke think he is? Who do you think he is, and I? <laughs> he says, uh, glad you decided to come along, Andy. How does the idea of a practice match with the first team grab you? <laughs> and uh, Andy Locke says, suits me, Racy. <gasps> fucking hell. Racy? What did you fucking call hardly... me, cunt? <laughs> yeah. But Racy's being really kind of uh, standoffish with all this, isn't he? He's just letting him do it. It's the other don't place you hardly bl- believe there Blackie, is. Don't worry, I'm luring him into a trap. Just watch. It's Be patient. Game. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to fucking batter him at the end. <laughs> in front of all of you. We're going to wrestle. If he doesn't turn on, if he doesn't turn on some kind of Pele-esque display, I'm going to kick the fuck out of him in the corner of this sweatbox. <laughs> and I'll leave him for dead. As a warning I'll put to the, the lights off. As a warning to the other kiddies. <laughs> to the readers. <laughs> yeah. ah, good idea, I. Do you want me to help, like? No, it's important I do this myself. This man on man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the other players could hardly believe there he is. Uh, Vic Guthrie saying, Who does he think he's talking to? Not even the apprentices are allowed to refer to Roy as racy. And uh, who's that? Is that um, Paco Diaz? Paco Diaz. Yeah, not to his face anyway. Not to his face uh, anyway. <laughs> Duncan Mackay says, he's letting that lad get away with murder. <laughs> uh, as the players prepared for the game, Racy just, uh, he's got a big grin on his face and he just says, he's only 17, but don't go easy on him. I want you people to bring the best out of that boy. <laughs> <laughs> you people. <laughs> yeah. You scum. You humans. <laughs> You fucking skeleton surrounded in your fleshy armour. You maggots. 
sentient mate. <laughs> and don't Barely fucking says, sentient. Don't give a guy says, did a threat really we will. Uh, uh, I will go through him like a steam train <laughs> at the first opportunity <laughs> I get. <laughs> I will go through him like a tunnel boring machine. Hmm. I will kick him into next week. <laughs> Beyond. And the game begins and Roy thinks, I know what the lads are thinking, but if I'm right about Andy Locke, all that arrogance is just a front to hide his inner nervousness. Roy, a psychologist. Yeah, I've read a few books about this. <laughs> Fucking interesting once you get inside the human mind. There's all sorts you can do. <laughs> we uh, racing my bail, the radio sort of going on the blink. I accidentally got on the radio four once. It was quite interesting, but uh, just the once, though. I uh, prefer to listen to Simon Bates on the way in. Yeah, that's um, lovely. Very relaxing, especially when he does your song. Thinking <laughs> of doing one of them for Penny. Might shut her <laughs> up a bit. She's got her eye on me at the moment because I've had a few late nights in. <laughs> I'll send her the story about the time she went to Creek and fucked off. And I got <laughs> her to come back because it makes me look good. Um, Actually, Batesy owes me a couple of favours, so... Uh, he should, uh, apparently there's a big waiting list for that, but let's just say he owes me a couple of favours from something that went down when the Radio 1 Road Show came to Melchester a, a couple of summers ago. <laughs> he got into a bit of trouble, Racy got him out of it. So now I can jump the fucking queue on your song any time I want. <laughs> Simon Bates was actually the host of the only Radio 1 Road Show I ever went to. And it was in Where, what, 1979, in South Shales, just along the coast, 1979. Was it any good? It was quite exciting, yeah. Fucking huge crowd and we were well back from the front. But good vibe though. Jalapeño. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Jalapeño. Uh, anyway, back to this. Um, Roy's thinking he feels he has to be flashy to make people sit up and take notice of him. And one of them passes it to Locke and says, it's, He's yours, Roy. And it's Andy Locke about to take on Roy Race. You can see them 
face to face close up fucking hell Locke has his socks slightly down his shins which of course is the hallmark of the flare player um, and it says Roy had no illusions about Andy Locke's skill and Roy's thinking so here's where I take him down a peg or two got to ignore his feet and keep my eyes glued to that ball <laughs> here we go over the page but and Roy just goes oops and one of the uh, other players says good grief he dummied Roy all over the place and he has he's ghosted past him Fuck, he's uh, made a cunt out of me <laughs> But in the next frame, Vic Guthrie fucking goes right in on him, slides in on him, uh, and Andy Locke goes, Ack! And they say, but not Vic Guthrie, well covered, super brat. I'm doing the Lampard crowd voice there because that's the same vibe that it's got. Moments later, as Andy tried to pull down a chest-high ball, and he does it again, Vic Guthrie again dives in, heads it clear before Andy Locke can get to it. Oof, says Locke. Vic's nailed him again, says the teammate. Nailed is right, says Andy. He He's fouling me every time. <laughs> Fucking hell. And Roy, quite rightly, brings him down a peg or two and says, Rubbish! At this level of football, you've got to expect close marking like that. It's how you find a way around it that sorts the great players from the average ones. Fucking hell. Be told, child. Uh, Vic continued to keep a close eye on the newcomer. The ball falls to Andy Locke again. And Vic says, he's mine. Roy thinks, now Andy, come on, I know you can do it. <laughs> it's almost like he's sending him a Jedi mind yeah. signal, isn't he? Yeah, like Obi-Wan. Yeah, maybe he's, I've been yeah. watching a bit of that, um, them space films that have been about. <laughs> you know, the one with the big dog in space it. Space film one. Yeah, I've been watching it. And the, the kids are going mad for it. Uh, I didn't really think it were that good. There were hardly any tits are out like that. But there was a good bit where an old fella can talk to the young fella with his head. <laughs> it was sort of like ventriloquism in a way. But he could do it from a long way away when they weren't even in the same room. I thought, I like that. I want to work on that with right. some of my lads. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Andy Locke gets the ball and he swerves past Vic Guthrie. He goes, ow, ow. Where? Hey, what a turn. Sharp as anything I've ever seen, says Noel Baxter. He's got a brain full of fucking candy floss, so I don't think he's any kind of judge. Uh, as Jimmy Slade ran through, Jimmy Slade is on the on the wing and he shouts, Andy! And then we just get some nice commentary from the players. As this is going on, Duncan Mackay says, Young Locke has made the opening and Jimmy's timed his run perfectly. <laughs> I think that's Blackie in the background who says, a square ball and Slady can't miss. Because, of course, this is what happens, isn't it? Players uh, verbalise what's going on as it happens, commentating on the match. But no, Andy ignored Jimmy's call. Uh, greedy little perisher, he tried to score himself. And he did, he takes a shot, but it's no good. Tubby Morton is in goal and Tubby oh. Morton just cushions it in his huge stomach. <laughs> he absorbs the ball only a oh. third of the ball is visible because he's absorbed it into his <laughs> grotesque bulk oh I'm glad I had those fucking those peanuts for my breakfast <laughs> nicely ingested uh, Jimmy Slate says and from that angle and distance he hadn't a chance Dr Mackay says Toby Morton saw it all the way <laughs> um, 
Right, and who's that? That's Vernon Elliott in the background, isn't it? Fucking hell, it's about to kick off. Fuck. They all uh, turn and look at Vernon. Vernon says, hold it right there, everyone. This boy is guilty of wasting his time and ours. It's time somebody sorted him out. What Fucking the fuck? Hell. What is going to happen Fucking next? Fucking hell, Vernon, calm down. You, what, who rattled your cage? I thought you fucking retired. Vernon couldn't walk ten minutes ago, and now he's striding across the court, striding across the floor of the sweat box. Yeah. And he's about no. to fucking... Uh... Blackie, Blackie, I'm worried about Vernon. I think retirement, <laughs> medical retirement has hit him hard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, boy? He hasn't retired, has he? Yeah, he's as good as he's ready for the fucking knackers yard. <laughs> he's, he's fucking gone to his knot. I don't... I don't think he's suited to not having any motivation on a daily basis. He's gone mad. He'll have, he'll have long, empty days, fuck all to do with his time, so he started causing trouble. And, and fucking mark my words, you'll see him hanging around outside the fucking fried chicken shop in town centre within weeks, <laughs> just trying to talk well, to passers-by, fighting <laughs> seagulls. Um, and it says more drama in next week's intriguing episode. So, again, it was quite... Over and done with quite quickly. Not a lot happened. Um, fuck, I'm going to give that a seven, Sam. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just like it was basically just a training session with nothing much yeah. remarkable happening. So I'm going to give it a seven too. Yeah. Lucky for us yeah. though, I've had a little sneak peek ahead, and there's a a few good items elsewhere in this week's magazine. One in particular. I'm trying to think what else it was that I sent you. Is there, is there something from? Uh... Well, shall I tell you what has caught my eye? You mentioned in the last episode that we'd be talking about nicotine, which obviously we yeah. we will be, and I absolutely love nicotine. Well, I don't love yeah. him. I, obviously, I, I'm terrified of him. Oh, yeah. But remember I remember it so was. vividly, yeah. and that's good. But first, before that, there is a page which couldn't be more <laughs> suitable for our podcast. It's called Pele's Goals. It is. It's a big feature on Pele. Yeah. Mm. Someone, Peter Heyman from Tunbridge Wells in Kent, has written in to Roy uh, and said, can you tell me which clubs Pelé played for, the number of appearances he made and how many goals he scored during his career? Well, 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 well what mean, a question. You know, as as we know, it's all uh, open to conjecture, isn't it? Because <laughs> Pelé himself is not a reliable narrator. <laughs> so we don't know. As Roy himself says, the great man played for Santos and Cosmos, formerly known as New York Cosmos, and on numerous occasions for his country, of course. I can't tell you offhand how many appearances he made and goals he scored. As you know, it being 1982, there is no internet yet. However, <laughs> and of course, I'd have to go up the microfiche at the library, which I am not prepared to do. And there are many different versions of events. Uh, and if you ask Pelly himself, you will get different numbers depending on what kind of mood he's in, he's in or how much he's been paid on that day to be there. I have I have met Pelé on a number of occasions and always found him nothing but an irritating and obnoxious presence. <laughs> an arrogant man who, uh, <laughs> with very, very poor table manners, which you'd be quite surprised at for someone who's lived in New York. <laughs> it's not often... I would use this word, I don't bandy it about, but I'd go as far as describe Pele, in my personal opinion, as vile. Simply vile. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, thanks for your phone call, and the three quid is on its way in the post. He says, I can tell you that during his illustrious career, Pele netted a grand total of 1,281 goals, or 1,283 if you want to throw in a couple more he got in testimonial games. 
5,604 if you want to include all the ones he scored when he was a kid uh, in Pelé's official biography. Oh, two million if you want to include the ones that just happened in his fucking imagination. (laughs) (laughs) And then Roy lists his first goal, 100th goal, 200, 300, 400, 500, and so on and so on, through to his 1,000th. when they were, who they were for, and who they were against, etc., etc. So I went on the wiser, um, and of course now, in two thousand and twenty-one, fuck knows what the number is. Um, so there we go. There's that. How and long then, of did Pele the- play for? He started in fifty-six, but I mean, players like that, especially when he was playing in America and stuff, it's like yeah, probably played well into his mid-thirties. So yeah. fifty-six, he was sixteen probably when he started, wasn't he? I think he wound it down in about 77 or 78, I think, when, he, when right. New York Cosmos, like, professionally. So that would be 21 years. 56, he was 17 in that 56 World Why Cup, wasn't Why did Pelé so. never play in Europe? You would have thought he'd have what, what, come to Spain or something. Well, why did Elvis never play in Europe? Do you know what I mean? Different times. Mm. Elvis only came to Scotland for half an hour once, and that was it. I heard about them French. They, they piss-standed up. They even, they even shit standing up. You heard that about the French? I ain't going there. Walking around the markets, shit running down their legs. That ain't for me. <laughs> ain't no place for the king. <laughs> I'm happy back here in Memphis. <laughs> they don't call the toilet a throne for no good reason. You don't stand up for it. I like to sit on a toilet. In fact, I intend to die on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> shall we have a look at the nicotine oh yeah uh, advert on the back uh, it's Superman of course and he's chasing nicotine nicotine's hat is it's a top hat and it's made from a cigarette butt I'd like to get a hat bit like of that. red for the burning bit on the end um, <clears throat> his teeth of course are yellow yeah. from all the smoking he does and he's got a thought bubble and in his thought bubble, Nicotine is offering a pack of cigarettes to a young girl. And one of the cigarettes, of course, is slightly prized out of the pack in that style yeah. when you're offering cigarettes Lovely to someone. To do that. You, I mean, Take that I don't one. think I've ever really offered anyone a fag because I've never really had fags to offer. But yeah. um, I, I, and although I don't, you know, obviously smoking's bad, so I don't want to push fags on people, but <clears throat> it is nifty, isn't it, when you see someone push that fag out and offer yeah. it to someone. It, 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 it looks cool. I'm not mm. going to lie, it does. It does. Would you um, like a job player special? Is... Go on, I've got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> Superman is chasing nicotine through the air. He's about, he's about to grab him by the back of the neck. And he says, uh, The fight against the evil nicotine becomes tougher day by day. Superman and his army of kids work endlessly to show the damage cigarettes can do, but he needs even more helpers. It's not too late to join the campaign. Send for your pack now. What, pack cigarettes? (laughs) And watch out for more exciting things later on in the year. Superman, what what have you been up to recently? I'll put together an army of kids to to (laughs) fight nicotine. Bring smoke into an end. And then it says you get a free pack and it's got a colour poster, an eight-page comic, a certificate and a badge. That sounds all right, actually. wonder why I'd never sent off for that. What I like... to do with smoking. Obviously, the picture of nicotine is the most noncy thing I've ever seen. 
Superman's fucking livid with him. He's going to beat fuck out of him, which in some ways you sort of think smoking is a personal choice. People (laughs) are well aware of the dangers of smoking. Nicotine Mm. is fucking bang into smoking to the extent Mm. that he's actually had a hat made for himself because I, I assume these hats were not readily available in the shops. He's fucking gone to a hat maker. Oh, yeah, that's been commissioned. That's a like Vivian Westwood or something. That. He's gone to a fucking professional hat maker and said, I want you to a make milner. me a, a hat that looks like a fag and I actually want smoke to be able to come out the top of it when I'm walking about. So yeah. he's passionate about smoking. He's not a fool. He's, he knows the fucking statistics, right? He, you know, no one by this stage was still labouring under the fucking misapprehension that smoking was anything other than, uh, you know, a death sentence. But it's his personal choice, right? We live in a free society. People have that choice. Obviously, I'm aware of the threats of passive smoking, but we don't know what nicotine's approach to that was. What I do have an issue with is the fact that Superman, I've never looked in all the films that I've seen of Superman in all the comics and all the rest of it, I've mm. never seen Superman look so fucking livid because usually he keeps <laughs> yeah. his cool. He keeps his cool usually, doesn't he? Like, yeah. he's on the side of good, but he doesn't get... He, is, he looks like when he gets hold of nicotine, he is going to kick seven shades of shit fucking out of rigid. the cunt. And I'm rigid. a bit like, yeah. Superman, whoa, calm <clears> down. <throat> Right, all right, we can see Nicotine is thinking about giving a fag to a young girl, but you can't yeah. read his thoughts. That's not one of your superpowers, as far as I understand it. So okay. I just think Superman needs to wind his neck in a bit on this. The kids above mm. the um, illustration, there's real photographs of four children all pledging their support to Superman's anti-tobacco army that he set up, yeah. right? And one of the, they're all quite sweet-faced children, apart from the one on the right who looks literally as I imagine the devil to look. <laughs> Gary Jarvis, age 12. Yeah, I mean, no offence, Gary Jarvis. <laughs> I'm not even saying he's, un, you know, I'm not saying, oh, what an ugly child. He's not ugly, but he does have an evil face. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know who's cut his hair. Who's cut his fringe. His mum, probably. Um, They've all offered quotes. <clears throat> the first one is um, Roisin Rice, age eight, mm-hmm. from... London Derry in Northern Ireland. Of course, this would have been a difficult time to have been living in that part of the world. She goes, I hate smoking because it can kill you. My daddy smokes and I want him to be there when I grow up. Quite right. Then you've got, got Keely Harrison. Harrison. Looks a bit smug. Looks a bit <clears throat> of a, a sort of a head boy type bloke, this kid, doesn't he? Age Is 12. Is Keely, Keely's a girl to him, isn't it? It's not a girl. Oh, well, sorry about that. I thought it was a bloke. Anyway. Apologies, Keely, if you're listening. Sorry, Keely. <laughs> um, smoking can ruin your health and not. And just like Superman, I intend to look after myself. Ooh. <laughs> just like Superman. Uh, Superman Robert does O'Dell, 13 from Birmingham, is much more to the point than the others. He, he just says simply. Mm. People die of cancer because you're smoking. That's all he says. <laughs> yeah. So and think on. Big gap. Think on. Yeah. There's a big gap in his little text box there because that's all he said. Yeah. He that, I've got only one thing to say. Short and sweet. I'm going to keep it very to the point. People die. Are you listening? People die of cancer because you're smoking. That's it. That's my statement. <laughs> 
And then Gary Jarvis, of course, that we've briefly mentioned already. Um, I don't think this is his quote. I don't think a 12-year-old would say this. He says, I want to combat the evils of smoking, which would make this planet more healthy and wealthy. Wealthy? What? Interesting. Um, Gary, Political explain agenda. to us the economic agenda. I don't doubt there is one, but it's quite, yeah, it's quite an advanced sort of um, perspective mm. he's got on this. I wonder where he is now. Curious. So that's that. How old would he be now? It's 40, this is 39 years <clears> since this was out, and he was 12 then. He'd be I'm fucking going to Google the cunt. Not not much older than me. Um, <clears throat> not dead or anything. Well, he might be. He might have smoked himself to death. Uh, that's the end of the episode. We'll be back with another one next week. Mate, I've found Gary Jarvis in Barnstable, Devon. Fuck off. What? I fucking have. Right. Is the own, there is a Gary Jarvis in Barnstable in Devon. He is the owner at Snowball Creative and GT Ales Brewery. What? Could it be a different one? A different Gary Jarvis in Barnstable in Devon? Maybe. But I'm looking at a picture of him, of adult Gary Jarvis here. Um, um, and, yeah, it's him. It's definitely him. The I'm going to message him. On, on I'm going to message Live. him. I'm looking at the Devon Live website. Yeah. And a story from last November. Mm. And it's Gary Jarvis and... Toby Marsh, lifelong friends. Yeah. Do you think that's him? No, it's is him. it? It's him. I can tell oh, from his man. LinkedIn picture. Oh, you've got I, a LinkedIn picture as well. I haven't clicked on LinkedIn. He's gone He's gone far. But then again, any kid with the sort of wherewithal, resourcefulness and confidence to write a letter <sighs> into, you know, to appear in Roy the Rovers at that age was always going to have a bit of pluck about him. So it doesn't surprise me that he owns his own business now. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, it was a very forward-thinking quote from him. Um, Everything's connected. Join the fucking dots. You think it's just a fag, but there's a certain issue called global warming that you're going to be hearing more about in uh, years to come. And everything is fucking connected. It's all cyclical. Uh, That's why I'm thinking of starting up an ales brewery. (laughs) I think we should leave him alone. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he needs this in his life. Yeah, sorry, Gary. You just described him as the devil, Sam. No, I think Gary's done really well. I think his quote's great. And like I say, I didn't think he was an ugly child. I think he was, he's got a very distinctive face. Oh, but yeah, backtracking he's got, now. Right, he's okay. got an... He's, he's, there is a... The, the cruelty in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then. We'll leave it there. Um... Thanks for listening. Back again next week. Don't smoke or do. It's completely up to you. This podcast is in association with Snowball Creative and GTL's Brewery in Barnstable, Devon. Devon.